1: All right, guys, we are looking at the letter of Philippians. We're in the first chapter, and we're really wanting to, as we go through this letter, we want to kind of grasp a hold of the joy. That's a theme that's in the book of Philippians, the joy that awaits all of us in the relationship with Jesus Christ. But the problem is, is for a lot of us, though, church is just simply one hour a week. Christianity is our church attendance. And we kind of live there. We kind of live on the surface of that. And that's, and for a lot of us, that's okay. That's okay. But the fact of the matter is, is what you don't realize is, is that that's not okay. And that there's actually something so much more that is available to you, but you gotta want it. You gotta seek after it. Cause here's the thing. I'm just gonna be flat out honest with you. God doesn't make anybody here do anything. If you want to, you write that down. God doesn't make you do anything. He gives you a choice, and you have a choice about where you take your relationship with him. But the problem is, is if you just want to live on the surface, you can only take it so far... And there's some direct consequences to that. But the reality is, is he wants to take all of us deeper. He wants us to get beneath the surface. And we're going to talk about that today because what I find is, is that for a lot of us, we're just self-focused. Self-focus. Our whole focus in life is purely just on one person alone. Actually, it's on the unholy trinity. What do you mean by that? the me, myself, and I's. And that's where a lot of us live. We live that way in our everyday life. It's about us. It's about me, me alone, period. We act that way in our marriages. We act that way at work. We act that way with our families. We act that way with everybody. It's about me and what I want and what I want to do. It's about me, 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 me. We're just selfish. We're self-focused. Do you understand that? Who say, that's not nice of you to say that, George. No, but that's reality. And sometimes we need to express reality. In fact, we live in a country filled with selfish people where everybody wants to do their own thing and who cares about what anybody else thinks? I mean, that's just reality. And I'm going to be honest with you, we take that mentality into our Christianity. God is okay as long as God's doing what I want him to do. Do you understand? If he's answering the prayers I want him to answer, if he's making sure I don't get into stuff that I don't need to get into, I'm okay with him. But if he's not doing that, then I got a problem with God. And I'll be honest with you folks, there's a lot of folks who don't come to church anymore because God didn't do what they wanted to do because their lives are what? Self-focused. Here's two things I want you to see about that self-focus. It's... Easy as a Christian today to see life as meaningless. It's easy as a Christian today to see life as meaningless. In fact, it's easy as a Christian today not just to see life as meaningless, but just to see church as meaningless. I don't need to do church. I don't need to be involved in church. I don't have to be a part of a church. I can worship God anywhere. You're right, you can worship God anywhere, but if you think that coming to church is just about worshiping God, you've missed it. Because church is not just about worshiping God. You don't just worship God in church. You don't even just come to listen to some guy talk at you. You come, and this is where people got to realize this, you come to interact with other people who, just like you, want something more. Do you understand? But if you're self-focused... Church is meaningless. Being with other Christians is meaningless. It's just one option among many. Maybe I can do this today. Maybe I don't need to do this today. Well, let's go over here. Let's not go over here. I got something better. Let's do something better. Let's watch the reruns of the fight last night. Even though we know who won, let's watch the reruns. That's where we're at. And life becomes meaningless. There's no excitement. We have no expectations. Because it's all just a meaningless exercise. Now here's the sad thing. The sad thing is, is that for a lot of young people, they see the meaningless of that and they don't want to have anything to do with that because they watch people have meaningless lives in church. And they want something more. See, it's easy to be a Christian today and see life as meaningless. Now, here's the second point. Meaninglessness is a direct result of, of being self-focused in your life's purpose. That's a big statement. Let's digest that a little bit. Let me say it again. Meaninglessness is a result of being self-focused in your life's purpose. Stop for a moment. What's your life's purpose? Why are you here? Why did God create you? Why do you exist? Why do you live? Why do you breathe? You ever thought of that for a moment? Why are you here? If you're here just simply because you're here because you're just here for you and what you want out of life, I'm going to be honest with you, ultimately, you're going to find meaninglessness. You're going to find meaninglessness. It's just going to be meaningless to you. Think about it for a moment. All you have to do is read one book of the Bible, Ecclesiastes. Talk about a guy who had everything. Solomon had everything. He had wealth, he had wisdom, he had wives. 700 of them, another 700 half-wives or concubines, they're kind of half-wives. I mean, he had everything. You know what he said about life? It's vanity. Life is nothing but vanity. It's meaningless. See, if you're focused on self, it's meaningless. I'm going to be honest with you, if you're focused on self, I am not amazed when you say, I don't really need to have church. Because you're just focused on yourself. And church isn't going to mean anything to you. Because church actually wants you to have a different life purpose. God wants you to have a different life purpose. Meaninglessness is a direct result of basically being self-focused on your life's purpose. Can I tell you what it is? Meaninglessness is a direct result of being selfish. That's what it is. Tell me something, how many selfish people do you know have joy? Genuine joy. How many selfish people do you know are fulfilled? They're never fulfilled. If anything, they're miserable. It is always amazing to me that we lift up the Hollywood elite. But do you realize that the suicide rate among the Hollywood elite is beyond anything in our nation? They have everything. But obviously it's not enough. They can't find any satisfaction. See, this is where we're at. And I'm going to be honest with you. For a lot of us as Christians, we're on the surface because we're self-focused. And that's why when you're on the surface, church just seems meaningless. But God calls us to something different. We're going to see that in the example of the Apostle Paul again. Remember last week we talked about his perspective and how we needed to have a new perspective on suffering. If you're going to live on beneath the surface, you need to have a new perspective on suffering. Remember I told you that? Well now, Paul reflecting on that suffering, he's going to reflect on the stuff that he's going through and he's able to go through it because he's got a purpose for life. Stop for a moment. I know this is true for me. When I'm self-absorbed, when it's all about me and things don't go my way and stuff doesn't happen the way I want it to happen and I suffer and I go through difficult circumstances I, I tend to be, when I'm self-absorbed, I tend to be, miserable to be miserable to be around. To be honest with you, you need to be praying for Lori when I am miserable. I'm, I'm not worth being around. And when I'm self-absorbed do you understand And she, She's gotten wiser in our 24, 24 years of marriage now to tell me, get out of that funk, quit looking at yourself. Because the fact of the matter is, is listen to me, when you're self-absorbed, suffering blows you out of the water. When your whole purpose in life is you and what you want, when that hard time comes, you don't know how to handle it. But if your purpose is different, if your purpose is for what God created you to be, you might see things differently. Let's look at how Paul sees it. I want you to notice we're just going to look at a few verses today, verses 19 through 27. We're going to look at seven verses here. Look at what he says. He's referring to his suffering here. For I know that this will turn out for my deliverance through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. According to my earnest expectation and hope, in nothing I shall be ashamed, but with all boldness as always, so now also Christ will be magnified in my body, whether by life or by death. For me to live is Christ, to die is gain. But if I live on in the flesh, this will mean fruit from my labor. Yet what I shall choose I cannot tell for I'm hard-pressed between the two, having a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. Nevertheless, to remain in the flesh is more needful for you. And being confident of this, I know that I shall remain and continue with you for all your progress and joy of faith, that your rejoicing for me may be more abundant in Jesus Christ by my coming to you again. Here's what we're going to do, folks. We're going to take these seven verses and we're going to see a few things. First of all, I want to talk about assurance. I want to talk about purpose for life and I'm going to talk about it from the perspective of assurance. What we see here in Paul's life is he's assured. I mean think about it for a moment. He's in prison. He's supposed to appear before Caesar, not just any Caesar, Nero. Now do you guys remember Nero from history? When you studied Nero, remember, I mean, you've seen him on some of the shows that are on TV. He's a crazy, whacked out guy. And if it goes bad, Paul's life ends. He dies. But I want you to notice something. He has a confidence and an assurance even in spite of what he's going through. And that's because he's got a focus that's different when it comes to the purpose of his life. So let's look at a couple things here. First of all, Look with me, verse 19. Paul had confidence that God will deliver him from his troubles. Paul had confidence that God will deliver him from his troubles. Look what it says there in verse 19. It's, it's like an amazing verse. For I know that this will turn out for my deliverance. The stuff that he's going through, having to have a guard chained with him 24-7, is going to turn out for his deliverance. Where is where's he getting that from, God? His trust and hope is in God because his purpose in life isn't himself. See, when you're focused on yourself, everything goes wrong, you think it's the end of the world. Paul's purpose isn't himself. And he knows that whatever happens, it's going to work out for the better. Now, let me just stop for a moment. That's not an empty promise. Because sometimes someone say, Well, I was hoping for better, but better is what we think better is. God has a different thing in mind for us. Better for him is you becoming more and more like Christ as he prepares you to go home later on. Do you understand? See, you're going through what you're going through, and it's not a wonderful experience, but if you're self-absorbed, you can't understand it, you don't know why, you don't want to have it happen to you, but if your focus is on a greater purpose that God has and you're living for him, you realize that everything is just part of the process. Do you understand what I'm saying? Part of the process. It's kind of like, can I liken it to this? It's kind of like life is a spiritual boot camp. Do you know what I mean? Paul had confidence God would deliver him out of his troubles. He understood that God had a purpose for the stuff that he's going through. Why? Because he was living his life not for himself. He was living his life for something else. Listen to me. Let's look at the second thing here he rested his confidence in the prayer of others and the Holy Spirit. I think this is wonderful. How did he know that he was going to be delivered? Notice what he says there's interesting. Through your prayers and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Through your prayers. This happens to me sometimes. I'm thankful for it. At first, it kind of freaked me out. But through the years of being here, I'd come to the office, and there'd be a message from some guy that I was in a class with. And he just calls out of the blue, out of nowhere, from California and says, hey, you've been on my mind today. I'm praying for you. Now, I've learned about that now because that still happens. Now, like I got, like, well, nothing's going on. Nothing's bad happening. Give it a few weeks, something bad did happen something that was kind of a trial for me happened. That's happened now more times than I can tell you. Either a message or a phone call or an email, and it'll come at different times, and people will say to me, I was praying for you. God told me to pray for you. Usually now, when that happens, I say, okay, God, what's coming? What's coming? You're in control. See, He had a confidence because he knew that they were praying for him. Can I ask you a question? Are you praying for people in your life? You know what? When you're self-focused, living on the surface, you only pray for yourself. God, get me out of my problem. God, help me with this. God, give me a parking place at Walmart. Think about the silly things we pray about. Think about it. When's the last time you prayed for somebody else? You know, we mentioned some names this morning people who are sick, people who are grieving. Do you pray for any of them? hope you do. And I hope others are praying for you. There is something when you know that people are praying for you. Do you understand what I'm saying? There is something when you know that people are praying for you. Paul knew that. He had a confidence because he knew others were praying for him, but not just that, because he knew he had the Spirit of God. You've got the Spirit of God living in your life. You've accepted Jesus Christ, the Spirit of God comes into your life. Trust me, He is working in your life to bring you to where you need to be. He wants you to go deeper with Him. He doesn't want you to live on the surface. Paul had that assurance. Let's go on to the third thing I want you to see here. His expectation and hope was that God would be glorified through His life. See, He's not living for Himself. See, when you're living for yourself, you're worried about how you're looking. You're worried about what you're achieving. You're worried about everything about you. But when you're living for somebody else, when you're living for God, you're worried about what? How does God look in your life? How does God appear to others in your life? And trust me, folks, he's appearing to others in some ways. In fact, it's interesting when Paul's rebuking the Jews, he talks about how they live their lives, the others are blaspheming God because of them. Do others blaspheme God because of your life? If you're living self-focused, I can tell you that's what's happening. It's just reality. So then I want you to notice now verse twenty one to twenty six is a very interesting section of verses. He talks about purpose. He talks about what his purpose in life is. And folks, this is where we need to be. If we're going to get beneath the surface, if we're going to be all that God wants us to be, you've got to have a purpose. And it's got to be more than just you because that just leads to meaninglessness. Notice what he says. First of all, verse 21 and 22, for to me to live is Christ to die is gain but if i live on in the flesh this will mean fruit from my labor yet what i shall choose i cannot tell here's here's what i want you to see whether in life or death paul understood that his purpose was jesus okay so can i tell you a theological truth that many of you don't know what are you talking about george This is a theological truth that maybe a lot of you here have no clue about, weren't even aware of, but it's a theological truth. This is what it is. God did not save you just to give you heaven. (gasps) What are you talking about, George? Isn't that what salvation is about? To make sure that I go to heaven, that I have forgiveness? Yes, that's a byproduct. That's a byproduct. But that's not the reason why he died on the cross. He died on the cross to give you a purpose because he died on the cross so that you could come to him so that you could serve the purpose that he has for your life, serving him. He died on the cross so that you could be there for him. So that you could live your life for him. You say, that's awfully selfish of God. No, no, that's called grace. That's why he originally created Adam and Eve, is to have a relationship with them. That was torn up in the garden with sin And in his grace, Jesus died so that penalty could be taken again. So that relationship, the reason for living is not for yourself because that's meaningless. That ends up being nothing but vanity is that the reason for living now is him. And life is now. It's not for yourself. You just keep pursuing self if you want to. I'm going to be honest with you. You're going to find it is meaningless. Meaningless. Whether in life or death, Paul understood that his purpose was Jesus. Look at what he says. For me to live is Christ. If I'm going to live, I'm going to live for Jesus. To die, he says, is gain. What does that mean? I get to be with Jesus. And don't ask me to choose between the two, he says. It was all about Jesus. So let me just help you. Life isn't all about you. Life is about Jesus. You say, I don't know that I agree with that. I accept that. You're going to agree with it. Why? Because all of humanity will one day appear before Jesus. And the scripture says, every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. It's all about Jesus. It's all about him. That's purpose. That's what he's saying here. Look at the second thing he says here. Verse 23 and 24. Look at what he says here. For I am hard-pressed between the two, having a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. Nevertheless, to remain in the flesh is more needful for you. He knew that as long as he was alive, he must help others spiritually. Okay. Okay. Now we're getting a little bit more details about this living for Jesus thing. See, the purpose, the reason why he saved you isn't so that you just have forgiveness later on in heaven later on. The reason why he saved you is so that you could live for him. But here's how you live for him by being there for others. By being there for others. See, that's the exact opposite of being selfish when it's all about you and what you want and what you want to have and it's all about me, 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 me. There's no room for others. In fact, others are there for who? You. Your relationships are there for you. The stuff that you're doing is there for you. Do you understand what I'm saying? And life becomes meaningless after a while becomes meaningless, becomes vanity, as Solomon would say. But he knew that as long as he was alive, he must help others spiritually. That was his purpose. That was his purpose. Look at the third thing. Third thing I want you to see here about his purpose, And, and, and let's hope we get something from this. Look at verse 25 and 26. And being confident of this, I know that I shall remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy of faith that your rejoicing for me may be more abundant in Jesus Christ by my coming to you again. Here's what he's saying. He knew that his life would impact their joy and spiritual progress. I think it's interesting that the medical world knows that when you are self-absorbed and you're in depression, that they will tell you that what you need to do is begin to be there for others, to get out of your self-world and get into helping other people. Why? Why? Because the self world, the selfish world, is detrimental to yourself and others around you. I'm just going to be honest with you. And if, if if we had a church of people where everybody's living on the surface and they're on the surface because they're absorbed with self, we're not going to accomplish anything. We're not going to be anything because we're just a bunch of selfish people who gather on Sunday morning. But if our focus is that my purpose in life, the reason why Jesus saved me is not just so that I can have everything later on. Woo! But my purpose is Jesus and my serving Jesus by being there for others. Church takes on a whole new perspective. Because the reason why I'm here is to impact others in their joy and their spiritual progress. That's what it's about. That's why you're here. Well, you say, George, you know, that's wonderful, George, but to be honest with you, I just come and sit in a pew. Okay? So what are you going to do about that? there is something for God wants you to do. As long as you're alive, he's got something for you to do. Get out of the pew and do something. Do you understand me? Well, I don't know where. We'll show you where. You pick where you want to do something. Connect with people. Start living for other people, not yourselves. Just being honest with you start getting beneath the surface you know i, I it, it always amazes me i talked to other pastors i've had this happen you meet somebody that haven't been in church in a while and they say hey you know we, we miss you we haven't seen you in a while and they'll say things like this well you just weren't meeting my needs Now, when I was a younger pastor, that used to devastate me. (gasps) What could we have done? I'm going to be honest with you. I've, I've learned now as I've matured, we couldn't have done anything. Why? Because they had a wrong purpose for coming. They came so that other people could do for them. Why? Because they were living on the surface. They were selfish. But if you come not because you're here for yourself, but because you're here for other people. You're not looking for while you can be blessed. You're looking how you can bless other people. Do you understand me? It's about other people. And trust me, I'm going to be honest with you, even with the group that we have this morning, there are needs right here in this room. Somebody had a rotten week. They need somebody to come alongside of them and say, hey, how are you doing? How are you doing? It's not about us. If it's about us, you're going to live on the surface. It's about others. What's your purpose in life?
0: Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. this coming week.